Hello, welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I am Anthony. And we are actually together in the same room. Socially distance at Social distance. six feet, I believe. And it was measured, and there's a line, and he can't step on, on my side, and I can't step on his side. Even very, though I own the home. Yes. Very Laverne and Shirley. But uh, we've managed to make this work, and here we are. Ready to bring the terror into your ears. Yes. And the terror tonight was seven nonstop hours of Mr. Belvedere. And I don't know about you, I'm. this is my last episode. Because nothing will ever be more terrifying than what I've just gone through. So I'm just resigning. So we'll just, you know, at the end of the episode, I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to go until we get the whole full transition into... The Marilyn Manson kid, so, you know. <laughs> no, seriously. So, we gathered to speak on horrors past and present. And the horrors present tonight, this was a new purchase for Anthony. It was. And a new viewing for me. I'd never seen this. So, what are we watching, Anthony? We watched um, The House on Haunted Hill from 1999, directed by, who knows, William Malone. Oh, that guy. A.K.A. Big Willie Malone. Big Big Willie style <laughs> Malone. Uh, this guy also did the remakes for, what was it, 13 Ghosts. He also did Ghost Ship, Fear.com, etc. Wait, did he? I don't think he did 13. So his filmography on this, I just discovered this IMDb thing. It's great. What? Um, he did... Fear.com, yes. Oh, okay. But I don't think he did the other. So, what in in the, like the turn of the century, there was a, a, this Dark Castle Entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And I had I had been aware of these movies when they came out, and I ignored them because I thought they were big studio, you know, whatever. And um, Big Willie style. Big Willie style, and. Over the last, I feel like, 10 years, I've heard references to this, House on Haunted Hill, and especially Ghost Ship, still. there's This has come up recently, just within the last, I feel like, three months, I keep hearing people talk about this. And funny story, about two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, during the 31 days of Halloween, on a Sunday night, I thought to myself, you know what, I, I, feel, like I'm, I feel like watching something big budget, that might not be good. Now, I'm never in that mood. That's a weird mood. But but I was like, I, I've heard of these Dark Castle movies being good. And it was House on Haunted Hill, Fear.com, um, 13 Ghosts, and, and Ghost Ship, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch House on Haunted Hill. So, but I had the title mixed up. So I was thinking, okay, I'm going to watch that movie. So I go on Prime, and I thought that I found it and started watching it. And about halfway through... Ray started texting me, and I text him like, "Man, you know, I'm watching this, this, the haunting, and I just don't see what people like about this movie." And he's like, "Wait, what are you watching?" I'm like, the, "Oh, I'm watching the wrong movie." And he's like, "Yes, you are." And I was because that the haunting with Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta Jones, not a good movie. Um, some cool things in it. The house is great, but but so tonight. You just got this from... Is this a Scream Factory? Yeah, this is a Scream Factory. They just had their Shocktober sale. I ordered a whole bunch of crap, and it's part of the pile of crap. <laughs> no, it's not a pile of crap. I really do like this film. 
actually. I, I have fond memories of it from when I saw it umpteen years ago. Did you see it in the theater? I did see it on its theatrical run, yeah. And it's got a, a cool direct-to-DVD sequel. That really? That was a pretty good return to House on Haunted Hill, which you also get Jeffrey Combs back with. Is the doctor. So that was one of the highlights for me, was definitely Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was this in the theater? Like, uh, describe, like, did these do well? Um, not to my knowledge. At that time, was it, this was 99. Yeah. Uh, just, there wasn't a lot going on as far as horror went. I mean, because they were still kind of coming off the second uh, run of, what were they, slasher films? Or maybe that was going on at the time. I think... Well, Scream, right? Scream, so, et cetera, yeah. Scream would have been the big thing, which was very divisive at the time. I mean, I feel like I always remember hearing Rob Zombie refer to Scream as Party of Five, but people get stabbed. Oh, my God. And I kind of agree, but I kind of also think Scream is genius. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else was going on horror-wise at the time at all. I just remember all those those uh, mid, mid to late 90s slashers that were happening your Valentine, your, you know, I know what you did last summer, I think et cetera. It, is that, I feel like that's, yeah, I guess that, that would definitely be late 90s because that's definitely um, post-scream, right? Yeah. Definitely. So a, lot, so a lot of people I know were, were not really into a supernatural uh, thriller film, especially a remake. Uh, it's not thriller, but, you know, um, a lot of people weren't really jumping onto that, but everybody was gravitating toward all those slashers at that time, so I don't remember this one getting a whole lot of acclaim, which was unfortunate because it had some pretty decent practical effects in it. Uh, there's a lot of good, there were a lot of good laugh moments for back then. Um, I mean, Jeffrey Combs, which, you know, everybody loves Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was kind of the beginning of, like, the shaky head thing that they were doing, you know, would Involving anything supernatural, uh, that became like a trope later on where anytime they showed a, a scary ghost, it was shaking its head really, really quickly on camera. Well, I think that goes back to Jacob's Ladder. I think that's the first play. I think that's where that originates. Adrian okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give, I, I, okay. But uh, I remember that theatrical experience being, it was a fun one for me. Uh, I remember it was probably a half packed house. Um, not too many people, uh, like I said, really gravitated, excuse me, toward the film. Um, but I did, I, I think Fear.com is the only one I didn't catch theatrically, but of the other three, I did go see all of them. Um, they were decent, they were decent. It was a fun time, and I remember I did own this on DVD for some, some years and watched it, you know, periodically. And then as soon as this thing got announced on, on Blu-ray, I was like, oh, I'll add it to the list someday. And, you know, I, I was able to get it for a decent price. I think I only paid, like, $12, $13 for it this time around, which, you know, the usual going rate is 30 Yeah. So I was glad to add it to the collection. Cool to crack it open tonight and check it out. I, I, I still had some fun with it this evening. I'm glad I, I'm glad I owned it. I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, yeah same. It was fun. It, it was, um, it, it was... Not what I expected. It's it definitely. I like the intro with the you know the massacre at the insane asylum years before that sets up the ghosts and whatnot. Um, Jeffrey Combs is the mad doctor. Um, it was more visceral than I expected, especially at opening sequence. But then throughout, and I made a comment to you at some point during the film where I said it. It has a big budget presentation, 
but it has more of like a like a more hardcore horror like vibe than I expected based on that veneer. And it reminded me a little bit of Overlord where, you know, we left Overlord and it just dawned on me. It's like, Jesus, J.J. Abram used his position as this big name to like take a huge budget and make a grindhouse flick with it, which just blew, you know, absolutely blew my mind. And this is similar. I wouldn't call this a grindhouse flick, but it's a really, and I'm wondering if now I watch the other Dark Castle stuff if it's going to be a similar thing where it's like, let's make like a, you know, a kind of a hardcore horror movie with some pretty grimy deaths. And yeah, you know. I won't say that about 13 ghosts, but as far as ghost ship goes, definitely okay. spot on with that. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I feel, I feel like it's, I mean, now we're at a place in horror with a 24 and, um, What's the other one? Uh, you know, these kind of more art house uh, production companies that really just continue to to do well with what they put out. Where it is, it can be visceral. It's just a different thing. But I don't, I don't see anybody doing this kind of thing right now. Where they're like, let's take a big budget and do like a classic kind of you know hardcore horror thing. Um, I mean, obviously other than J.J. Abrams, like I just said, but yeah, I, re I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it kind of, it was a cool experience. It kind of defied what I expected from it. And I, Jeffrey uh, Rush, I just, I, I felt like I was watching James Woods the whole time. It was, it just, it was really weird. Um, and he was obviously doing the Vincent Price, right? I mean, you know, the mustache and everything. And he, he did it well. I thought everybody was good in it. Um Famke Jensen was great. Yeah. 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 That's a good flick. Solid flick. I definitely, uh, I would recommend if you haven't seen it or maybe you haven't seen it in a while, it's it's worth a revisit. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I do tell people often they should check out the uh, the sequel. Um, it's actually got a lot more practical effects in it. It's smaller budget, um, but it's it's definitely on, on par uh, with this one as well. I don't say that often about a lot of sequels, especially directed DVD ones, but this one holds up quite well. Um, so yeah, as a pair, they're still solid films that should be watched. It's really interesting that they did a direct to DVD sequel. Same house and everything? Mm, I, I'm sure they used, you know. Right, oh uh, yeah, I guess you, they could have reused exteriors, yeah, or what that's have true. you. That's true. Definitely don't make the mistake I, I made and watch The Haunting. Because that wasn't good. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. What else have you seen? Oh, well, we just had Halloween this this past weekend. Um, so I'm, we all posted our, our viewing stacks on the Instagram at the Horror Vision. If you're not, you know, subscribed to our content, please go and jump on that bitch. Um, but yeah, I I started the morning early with Night of the Creeps, which is really fun. Uh, everybody knows that one really well. Uh, moved on to what was it? I think it was Halloween three, and then from there was a first time viewing of Trick or Treat on Halloween. I've never done that before. I know a lot of folks That's have cool. made it their main, their you know staple, and it's definitely a mainstay now. Um, but this is the first time that I, I've added that to the rotation. It may not make it next year, but I was glad to sit down and watch it again. That was really fun. 
um, followed by the immortal classic, Halloween. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's just not a year that goes by that. I can't sneak that fucker in there because it really should be watched on Halloween. I know a lot of people um, do add it to their list yearly, but I know there's a lot of folks out there that are like, I'm going to go against the grain and just pick up a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, random stuff that I don't typically watch, which is great, you know, spice up your Halloween, especially considering we're all indoors this Halloween. So, yeah, definitely, you know, add a little p- pizzazz. Um, and then beyond that, I think I got around to, oh, Cecilia and I actually watched a Resident Evil film, and I haven't seen a Resident Evil film since the first film. Uh, I think we ended up watching the fifth, the fifth in the, in the series. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, jump kicks and a lot (laughs) of slow motion jumping and a lot of jumping and shooting and a lot of slow motion jumping and shooting. (laughs) And um, some goofy-looking monsters, but you know what? Nobody has uh, a lot of dialogue to where it's going to drag it down. So if you're into these action horror films, i.e. Um, Underworld and whatnot, it's actually a pretty decent recommendation. Um, we had a good time watching it, surprisingly. And I sought some time out afterwards. It's like, maybe we can squeeze in the next one just to see how the whole thing ends. But that didn't end up happening um, later on. That evening, I made it around to my season ender, which is the same every year, and that's Night of the Living Dead, uh, the original classic Romero. I finish out, you know, the Halloween season every year with that, and I had just as great a spooky time as I do every year with mm-hmm. it, and it's still just as impactful and and cinematically beautiful uh, as it was the first time I seen it. So I'm glad to have sat down and watched that one more time, and and I would like to watch it more than once a year, but something tells me I should probably just keep it on Halloween. <laughs> that just may be the thing. How about yourself, Sean? I did, well, you know, I stole your closer. That's okay. I, I just, I love that idea. And part of that is just because it was always on, and it's also on in every fucking movie you watch because it's public domain. So it's just, you know, if the movie you're going to watch is going to have people watching a movie, nine times out of ten, it's that. Uh, but we did... Um, so the Creepshow animated special that Shutter dropped, really, really liked it a lot. The animation wasn't what I expected. It's more like if you've seen, I know there's a name for this kind of animation. I don't remember what it's called, but if you've seen the, the Watchmen Tales from the Black Freighter, where it's almost more like stop motion animation or, I don't know. But so... Like motion comics. Kind of more like that, yes. Um... So it's two stories. The first one is, uh, I think it's called Survivor, and it's based on a Stephen King story, and that was very good, and it's guy shipwrecked. And the second one, the second one I thought was very horrific. Like it actually surprised me. So years ago, and I'd never read this, but I remember my friend Missy, big Joe Hill fan, and she told me about this story Joe Hill wrote where he wrote it as Twitter posts. And the whole thing with the story is it's a teenage girl on vacation with her parents and she hates it. You know, she's in the car and she's just tweeting. And they stop at this place out in the middle of nowhere called Circus of the Dead. And they go in and she's just tweeting the whole time. And then it turns out like, you know, they sit down and then this person comes out and then all these like zombies come out and they're like oh this is like really good you know effects and of course it's not effects 
It was pretty intense. I, I thought they did a really good job with it. And for the first time being exposed to the story, it was a good, it was a really good for, first exposure to it. It was really cool. And just, I love seeing the Stephen King, Joe Hill stories juxtaposed together. I think that's really cool. And I, I'm just surprised nobody else is doing shit like that. Like with, I feel like Shudder and, and the, the Creep Show especially just seem to really be like pounding out content by especially Stephen King and and it's I don't know it's just interesting um it's definitely a good way to get out some of his short stories his early short stories uh so we did that then we did at Kirsten's uh request which you know I would have probably put it on that night anyway because like you said Halloween 78 and it you know one of the things I realized watching it again this year I don't commonly say in my everyday life like Halloween is one of my favorite movies and I realized it totally is one of my favorite movies. I mean, it just, I know it, I know it by the back of my hand. Yeah, you just saved yourself a smack in the mouth from me yeah. right now. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> but it is, it, there's something so, it's like a comfort food, but also it's so, like, the, the economic way that everything happens in it is so pleasing to me. I mean, it's so simple and uncomplicated, but still so fucking effective. And there's next to no blood in it. I mean, it, there's so many moments. I mean, I don't know that there's anything that scares me. Although I will say that there's, like, I love the scene where it's like uh, the Tommy looking out the window and he sees Michael Myers carry the other girl's body around the house. You know, oh, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. <laughs> um, and I love. Oh, I, I've been I've been doing this to my cat all week, Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. <laughs> Fucking Donald Pleasance, man. God damn. But it's, it, man, it's just, it's such a great flick. And I don't know. It's... That's right. That's what I forgot. Right after that, um, we actually ended up throwing on Halloween 2018. Oh. To pair together. Nice. I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, that was uh, still Halloween 2018. <laughs> You know, my, and I know we talked about this on, on the podcast, my, in the theater, we all like, it, it really worked, right? And then when I watched it on a home video last year, I remember talking about it here where I was like, yeah, it didn't work as well for me. Like, I did not like it, but it just didn't quite, I think, I'm wondering if a third viewing will kind of balance that out. I don't know. I, I mean, I saw that teaser for Halloween Kills and like my blood came up, you know, I was like, oh dude, this is gonna be fucking great. And I thought... I mean, I isn't it like I did like fan inertia though. I it might be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it'll take. This is one thing about fan inertia where it it takes some time to like really see the movie for what it is. Um, and I, you know, I think about it now, and if you were to say, well, what is it about it that didn't work on a second viewing? I can't even tell you. The only thing, and this didn't work for me on the first viewing, and I said it on our reaction piece. I just don't believe that she would have been content. Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Larry, Larry, Larry Strode, yes. Laurie Strode would have been content. Larry con Strode. She would have been content leaving that house with him trapped there burning. Like, she would... Everything they built that character to think and act like in that movie would have not been able to be removed from the property until she had put a bullet between no, his No, she would have pulled up a chair. Yeah. You there's know I mean? no way. Down. Yeah, there's no way. Um, it, during its initial viewing, I had, had 
you know, a great deal of, I was awed and wowed and, and, um, but then like, like I said, when I brought it home, I started to pull it apart a bit. The whole escape scene in the beginning of the film, I don't really care about any of that stuff because you know he gets out. That's obvious. So what do we want to see next? I want to see him get to the neighborhood and start chopping kids up. <laughs> and unfortunately he does that, what, twice? <laughs> it, but you know, it, I mean, he does it more in that one than in the first one. And you know, the, in the, the first one, he's way less active in the first one. No, like, he's more methodical in the first one. More methodical, and and it, it is just something about the the tone of the first one, where you know, like behind the bushes, and then he's not there. I love that though. Yeah. Exactly. But I don't know what it is about the second one where I kind of or not the second one, but the 2018, I kind of agree, like, he still doesn't, even though he kills more people in, in a more, like, you know, cinematically visceral way, I don't necessarily feel his presence as much as I do in the original. I don't know. I, no, I feel and, like, and that's because I'm sitting there watching the granddaughter at, yeah. at parties and clubs and this and that, and, you know, just all this cool hip young kid stuff and I'm not a young kid so I don't give a <laughs> shit about any of you except for my son um, but it's yeah there's so much of that and, and not enough um, visceral story I liked uh, I liked the doctor angle I would like to have seen more yes, of that um, I did really I like that I wouldn't even mind if Michael died right there and then that was the doctor and I just, mean for a minute I remember in the theater I thought that's what was going to happen I was like holy shit is that brilliant and it would have been a fuck you to all the fans yeah. but you know what it would have been something fresh that yeah. I could have ran with and that's like okay cool let's, let's, let's fucking continue this ride and it didn't end up happening that way I mean you still got some more cool kills afterward and a cool well, a couple of cool moments, key moments after that as well, uh, as far as, you know, him getting into the house and then him hunting Lori. But there's, you know, beyond that, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just a little bit lack lackluster. I, I, I enjoy it for what it is. I hope that there are major improvements in the next film, well, next two films. Yeah. Um, whenever the fuck we get to see those. Well, it's I guess it's next October for the next one. And then I, I'm going to assume two years yeah. later. Or maybe not. Maybe they shoot them back to back. I mean, actually, it might not be two years because I think Halloween Kills is being pushed a year because of COVID. Yeah. It's so, done. Yeah. It's yeah done. So, I mean, it's very possible that we'll see them, like, you know, one right after the other, which would be kind of cool. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Was there anything else you saw now? Um, and then, so we did the Halloween... 78, and then we did, which I tried to do last year and I failed, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Okay. You know, um, for many, many years, I mean, and this is like 20 years ago, I would say zombie shit's overdone, and it wasn't nearly overdone then compared to now, but, and I always said the only zombie flicks that I care about are the first three Romero and Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. And that's not, you know, there's others that I do care about. Shaun of the Dead comes to mind. There's others. But um, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things is still in my top. And I just, man, they do so much with so little. And it's just spooky as fuck. And it, I don't know, I really, really, really like that flick. And it's it's Bob Clark, who also did, like, Christmas Story and Porky's. And Black Christmas. <laughs> and Black Christmas. Yeah, and ba yeah, definitely, and Black Christmas. Um, and then we, ca we capped it with Night of the Living Dead. Nice. Uh, what else? What else have you seen? Uh, that's pretty much been it. I mean, I, I kind of 
went full blast on Halloween. We got, I got out, what, six movies? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's quite a bit. That's a week's worth right there in yeah. one day. And then, you know, back to the grind. And, um, yeah, here we are tonight with our with awesome. the newest viewing that I've had yet. Or, or you know, a reviewing of a rewatch of House on House on uh, what is it? Haunted Hill? House on Haunted Hill, yeah. Um, That's been about it. Last thing. So earlier today, uh, Kirsten and I watched on Netflix His House. It's going to be in my top ten of the year, like no doubt. Um, I think... What's the premise? So it's a, a couple, a man and a woman, who are refugees from Africa. So it starts with them... And their daughter, who's probably about eight, just getting out of this. There's like, where they're from, two tribes, and they're just killing one another. So it's one of those, like, you just see guys with machine guns walking into these, you know, thatched roof villages, just killing everybody indiscriminately. Terrible. And they get out, they get on a boat, and they lose the daughter. She drowns. And then they end up in England. And they're in the refugee camp, and they get chosen. They go before a uh, like a, a board, and they're like, "We're we're gonna put you in a house. You're gonna get seventy four pounds a a week, or I think it's a week. You can't supplement your income. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can, you know you really get this impression that like okay, so they went from a terrible situation to this place where they're like, okay, things will be better, and then they're in this camp." And then they get this house, but it's like there's all these rules, and so it's like, oh, geez. And the house is kind of, it's, you know, a British slum, basically. Um, and there's something wrong with the house. It's haunted, or there's some kind of entity there, and it starts really, really fucking with them. <clears throat> Directed by Remy Weeks. Um, I'm terrible with names. So, the woman... Is played by Wunmi Moseku, who was um, Ruby on Lovecraft Country. And uh, man, it's it's just really good. So they really play a lot with perception. And the house is run down, there's like a hole in the wall, and the wallpaper's falling off, and this thing moves when it physically manifests. It looks like a human sometimes, and it moves through the walls. So you'll see, like, it looking at them through the hole. I mean, these are images we've seen before. But the way they do it is really, really cool. And the way that it plays with their psychology is really interesting. And then the way that it eventually, like, when you kind of start to understand what it is actually that's happening, there is some amazing imagery in it, though. Um, Some, like hallucinatory dreamscape kind of stuff one in particular a lot of it having to do with the ocean because that's where this like their main point of trauma and losing the girl and then there was a moment where there's like a revelation about their family later in the movie that blew us i mean we were both like oh my god but it's it's really solid and it like i said just hit netflix definitely worth your time um uh matt smith who was a, a one of the Doctor Who's? I'm not a Doctor. I'm not a Whovian, but he was the Doctor. Is that what they're called? I I you know isn't Whovian? I think is a Doctor Seuss term. I think that's Whoville. 
right? They're yeah. from Whoville. Whoville, but they're just called the Who. Would Whovians be from Whoville, or am I just root, just like? I think we should just lump them all in together. That way, you know, there's this, you know, they can interbreed and make. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I've, I've never really been a Doctor Smith fan, although Doctor Smith. Will Robinson, Doctor <laughs> Smith, Will Robinson, Lost in Space, yeah. similar to Mister Belvedere in a way. That's true. Um, but yeah, so his house, it was. I really, really liked it. Uh, it was, it was very good. I'll have to get around to it at some point. It's, it's worth your time. It's some, some general. There were two moments that were genuinely. It wasn't just a jump scare. It was like, ugh, like chills that go all the way up your back. And stay and like you know resonate and like slowly echo off. It was it was cool. I haven't had that in a while. Um, and the, the person that recommended it to me, my friend Scott at work, he said it's scary. Like it's not just jump scares. It's going to scare you at, at several moments. And he was right. And I appreciate that because there's not many movies that do that. So there's a flick I'm trying to get through right now. I think it's I'm about thirty minutes in on Shutter. I think it's called The Devil's Hour or something like no, that. No, Cleansing Hour? Cleansing Hour overseas it's called the Devil's Hour. And then um yeah, they uh it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, I need to sit down and watch this on a full screen instead of my phone on lunch from time to time. Like I need to finish this because it's actually getting good. So I watched the first twenty minutes. I remember you said somebody um one of the guys we follow online, I forget who was talking about that was really good. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get past. So you know how, the way that it starts. So it's basically like a fake exorcism show, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it starts with this like elaborate exorcism scenario, and then you basically get the cut, and then like the priest, the, the guy that played the the priest. I couldn't. It wasn't just the way the actor was. It was the way it was written because it was so like. Cut, all right, who's going drinking with us? And then they're doing, like, karaoke and shots. And I was like, oh, God. It's like a became a Mountain Dew thing. Yeah. So you have to let me know how it works out. Because, I, man. I, I'm just like, I can't wait for all these assholes to die. Yeah, and then that, was, that was a definite. Um, and actually, that reminds me. That also reminds me. I don't. So Blood Vessel dropped this week on Shudder. And I ended up watching it. Um. Man, I don't know. You know, I always try to find something good to say. And I didn't hate it. It's very well made. And I think there's a definite audience for it. But I felt like it was kind of trying to be the dog soldiers of Strigoi vampires. And it just didn't really work for me. It's life raft, like World War II, life raft in the middle of the ocean, a bunch of allies with a Russian prisoner oh my God, we're going to die out here, blah, blah, blah. They see a ship. It's a Nazi, you know, warship or whatever. They're like, oh, fuck, whatever. You know, as long as we're not, you know, as long as we're not stranded here dying. So they try to get somebody's attention. There's nobody there. They find a way to get onto the ship. They can't find anybody. And then, lo and behold, it's overrun with Strigoi vampires. And it's, uh, it's like, the you know, so obviously what Dog Soldiers does so well is the military and the monster fight. This has the same thing. And I don't know. It just, like I said, I don't want to tell people not to try it. It's a well-made movie. It just didn't work for me. It's a polished turd. No, I wouldn't go that, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, I definitely think people, there are some people that will like it. 
I think there's an audience for it. Just it wasn't me. So for um, fans of yeah. I mean definitely like if you if you're like god I want another movie like Dog Soldiers this is trying to be that and I you may you may like it. I just hold Dog Soldiers in such extremely high regard that actually this kind of even like pissed me off a little bit cuz I'm wow. like a little bit. So, no, fair enough. So but you know teach their own. I mean the Dog Soldiers guys they had that other film well I think it was the effects team. They did that Howl movie. That's which, the, the train. Yeah, which if you haven't seen yet. I've seen it. Oh, it's good. It's did good. you enjoy it? I did. I mean, the werewolves and dog soldiers to me are the best werewolves of all fucking time. I know American Werewolf in London is great. I would say the dog soldiers werewolves are about one million times better. I feel the back of my hand getting hot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, man... I, you know, no, they f- they're fucking fantastic. It's unbelievable. I mean, even just the image you always see of the one standing over the Sarge in bed, you know, that's mm-hmm. like the most common, I feel like, dog soldier's image I see online. Even just right there, that each, every time I see it, it just blows me away. It's like, I, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that before. I, I just think they're masterful. Because I've gone back and seen, like, transformations and the howling and stuff like that and some of that just looks idiotic it, I mean opinion. and I love the howling and I think it's a great flick but it doesn't hold a it just doesn't hold a candle now I don't want to hold that against other werewolf movies like the werewolf and ginger snaps isn't great at all but no, it I looks lo- derpy I as hell I was loved, just going to say that yeah but I love ginger snaps so exactly. I don't hold the werewolves against it and howl I enjoyed I it, it the werewolves did not take anything away from it. I just find it hard to believe it's the same effects team because it just seems like and there's a bit of CG thrown in there as well. Is there? Yeah, this is a tad, but it, a majority of that film's all done in, in practical. Hmm. But it, yeah, that's that's a solid flick. It's an, another siege kind of you know. It's it's funny then that that effects team would have done two siege horror films of werewolves. That's interesting. Money talks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, and, and we'll just maybe wrap it with this. We were talking earlier. There was, um, so we started a Facebook discussion group called the Horror Vision Horror Podcast Discussion Group. Funny enough. Um, so if you follow us on Facebook or if you're on Facebook, find it, join the discussion. We're having a really good time. And there's like people, some people posting some awesome short films and, and articles. And one of the, one of the things that was posted recently was a, Article, I forget what website it was on. I think it might have been Den of Geek. But it was like the, you know, the story behind Dog Soldiers. And it it was cool just to read like Neil Marshall and Kevin McKidd and and all these people kind of talking about this movie. And what I did not realize is like the idea of a sequel, which we talked about earlier, I believe... Two different occasions in the last almost 20 years, another production company or studio has picked up the rights to Dog Soldiers and almost done a sequel, and then it just never happens, which is probably for the best. And so now Neil Marshall and Kevin McKidd were both saying, quoted and saying this, that like, yeah, this could happen. It was originally written as a trilogy the second movie was going to show you how they make the dog soldiers, like all this stuff. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. And the fact that Neil Marshall, you know, I mean, who did a lot of Game of Thrones, I guess. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. No, I. I mean, that I'm sure he can pretty much do whatever. He I'm not wants. that big a dork. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I know it's, it's yeah, it's on Den of Geek. Um, 
Yeah, Rick Powell in the group uh, shared it. So thanks, Rick. And it was it's just a really great article and just cool to see kind of behind the scenes and, and especially cool to see them talking about how they might do one, a sequel. So very cool. So, okay. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, guys and, and, and ghouls, uh, if you guys want to get in contact with us, please don't, yeah. don't be afraid to reach out to us on social media. We're all very personable. Um you know, if you got anything you want to throw our way, maybe a film recommendation or two. Yeah, you know, please. You know, give us a shot. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to talk to you guys. We love interacting with, with everyone who wants to reach out. So, you know, please, again, don't be afraid. Uh, drop us a line on Facebook. Drop us a line on Instagram, uh, wherever you can find us. Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. We're on the Twitter. The Twitter. We're on the Twitter. You on the Twitter again? <laughs> I am, unfortunately. We're going to sit here and you're going to do all this Twitter. Oh, my nose hurts. All the- <laughs> I, I don't know how you would do that. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the last thing I wanted to, to cool. throw out there. Well, yeah, and he's right. Reach out. So, all right, for the Horror Vision Horror Podcast, I'm Sean. I am Anthony. And we're out. Peace.